You're listening to your superpowered mind on the Superpower Up podcast, the show that investigates the innate power within your brain to create lasting change. Hello, everyone. Welcome to your superpowered mind. I'm your host, Kristen Maxwell, and in this show, we explore the process of transformation and give you tools and strategies you can use to transform your own life. Today, I'm delighted to be talking to Dr. Achina Stein about a subject that um, I, I know a lot about and it's near and dear to my heart, and that is unraveling the physical causes of depression and anxiety. Dr. Stein is a board-certified psychiatrist and functional medicine practitioner. She, through her private practice, Functional Mind, Dr. Stein works with patients to determine the root cause of their mental symptoms. Dr. Stein, welcome to your superpowered mind. Thank you, Kristen. Thank you for having me. Yes, this is very, I, this is a subject that I want everybody to know about. So I am so happy that you're here today. And my first question is always, what superpower did you discover as the result of mastering your mind? Well, I, uh, the superpower that I always have said was a gift from God, because I just never understood where it came from, but I know it's there, is my ability to do what I call like psychosurgery with my mind in, in terms of understanding people at a root level uh, on an emotional level. And uh, I always am able to, or I seem to be able to, people tell me that I seem to be able to get right in there and get down to the bottom of things mentally for people in, in an, uh, a session uh, many times. Um, but that's actually been transformed by incorporating uh, getting to the root cause of the physical uh, symptoms or physical root causes of their mental health symptoms. So it's all weaved in one on top of the other. There's all these layers that I'm able to determine by just talking to someone in, in within a couple of hours. Huh, that's truly amazing. We Everybody needs that. All the doctors. <laughs> <laughs> so, so for those people who don't know, what is a functional medicine doctor? You know, that's, it's, it's a tough thing to describe to people sometimes because, you know, functional medicine is considered uh, a type of integrative um, medicine where you use an all, what we call alternative way of uh, treating people. But I don't really think that that's a good definition because it really is a melding of let's say, you know, conventional medicine and naturopathy in one. Um, we, you know, look for what's um, causing uh, issues from a physiological level at a cellular level. Um, and it's, it's the dynamics of what's happening in the body as opposed to a silver bullet, like one cause. And, you know, a lot of people who are in construction, um, in, uh, in plumbing or an auto mechanic kind of gets that. They're like the difference between a brand new car. Let's say you were buying a new car 
the difference between a brand new car and um, and uh, a ten year old car. People intuitively know that there's probably a lot that that ten year old car went through, and uh, as a compared to a brand new car, and and you don't really know if it's been in an accident. You don't know if it's um, been you know, run into the ground by not taking care of it, you know, the, the oil changes, the maintenance that's required. You might get some idea by what it looks like, and you might have a mechanic look on, look at it under the hood, but you don't really know what it's been through uh, until you actually maybe drive it. Um, but there's, there's a lot of layers of issues that cause uh, a car to work well as a, as or have more problems. Do you know what I'm saying? I do. And, you know, we'll, I'm, we'll get into this, but, you know, when you go to a regular psychiatrist, well, you are a regular psychiatrist also, sorry. So when the traditional metal, medical model, you will go and they might give you an antidepressant. And that just treats the symptoms of your depression and anxiety. And you're saying that really what we need is to take the hood off of us and see what are all the body systems that are causing you to feel depression or anxiety. Is that right? Right. I mean, there's multiple root causes. There's a, there's biological causes, there's psychological causes, and then there's social causes. And uh, so I have actually always practice that way, even as a conventional doctor and looking at the biopsychosocial um, uh, spectrum of, of a person. And, you know, you can have depression based on your social experience and how you interact with your environment. You can have depression based on your internal mental experiences, like with, with automatic negative thoughts and low self-esteem. And you can have uh, what all doctors understand are are medical issues that can cause depression as well, like hypothyroidism, B12 deficiency, folate deficiency. And, you know, most conventional doctors who are thorough in their assessment and and, uh, in determining uh, the underlying causes of uh, the depression, medical causes of depression, they, they do tend to look at that Um, how you interpret the blood work is another story, but you know, the proper, the proper way of giving a diagnosis of a depressive disorder, one of the depressive disorders is ruling out medical causes. And so there is a list of medical causes that you, you know, some doctors know about, but the functional medicine piece has more to do with inflammation. And that has, that has to do with looking at uh, what in the body is causing inflammation and how that inflammation is also affecting the brain and the brain is connected to the body. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's looking at the whole picture, you know, and it's sort of like if you had a flood in your basement, you know, you, you, that water, depending on how long it's there, can seep into your sheetrock, into the ceiling, or, you know, depending on where it's come from, like the toilet, right? And if it's from the toilet, then you have all of this sanitation issue that needs to be dealt with as well. You know, so 
if that water is there for a long time and it seeps into things, it can create other issues over time. So if you were able to get that water out of your basement quick, quickly, you probably wouldn't have it necessarily seep into the basement. <clears throat> Sheetrock. Whereas if it's been there for a month, let's say, the whole basement's probably going to be ruined. That doesn't mean to say that, you know, uh, you know, so there are, there are lots of chronic issues that people have that, that, uh, has multiple layers of symptoms that uh, that can be caused by one issue, but then it's looking at all of those layers and removing them one at a time in the same way that you would fix a basement. Right. Yes. Okay. So what I want to do is go through you, go through with you what some of those, you know, symptoms are, what are the chronic issues that your body can have that are going to potentially cause or contribute to depression and anxiety. But before we do, we have to take a break. So can you tell people where they can learn about you, about your your practice? And I understand you have maybe a program coming up that people can do remotely. They don't have to be living where you live. That's right. Yeah. Well, they can find me at uh, Functional Mind LLC. They can just Google Functional Mind LLC and it should come up. Um, that's my private practice. Um, they can also go to www.achinasteindo.com and I uh, have, uh, I will be coming out with a book in the next couple of weeks. Um, it'll be, um, uh, uh, launched on February 13th and, uh, it'll be, um, it's called what if it's not depression, your guide to answers and solutions. And people will be able to do an online health coaching program with me to find their root cause of their symptoms. That's great. Okay. Hang on for a moment and we'll be right back. Hello, everyone. This is Tonya Don Reckla, Executive Director of Superpower Experts. And we want to thank each of you for making Superpower Up the number one podcast network for personal development and spiritual growth. Because people like you have the courage to say that mindfulness, healthy living, disrupting reality, the pursuit of consciousness, responsible entrepreneurship, and radical parenting matter. We now amass over 1 million downloads monthly in more than 90 countries. Our numbers keep growing because there are far more people willing to live divergently than mass media wants to acknowledge. For you, the change makers, the light bearers, the way showers, we say thank you. If you're ready to take the next step in your evolution, go now to superpowerexperts.com and take the superpower quiz. And as Neva Lee Rekla, our youngest podcaster, likes to remind us, remember, we all have superpowers and we can change the world. Welcome back, everyone. You're listening to Your Superpowered Mind, and we're talking to Dr. Achina Stein about some of the potential physical causes of depression and anxiety. And so you'd already mentioned, you know, that hypothyroidism or B12 or folate deficiencies can actually contribute to depression. And I don't think that that's common knowledge. So I just want to point that out, um, at least among lay people. We know that there are antidepressants, which, do, which may or may not work. But what are some of the other potential physical um, situations or issues 
that could happen in your body that might actually lead to some mental um, symptoms? Sure. So, you know, neurotransmitters are made by uh, amino acids, you know. So if you don't make enough acid in your gut, uh, you're not going to be able to break down the protein that your body needs and assimilate it into your body if you don't make enough acid. So what, what we call hypochlorhydria is a condition that a lot of people who are in fight-flight mode, um, they have a tendency to um, – so fight flight mode is being under a great deal of stress or periods of stress. Yep. And when you're in fight flight mode, which is sympathetic mode, you're not in parasympathetic mode, which is where digestion uh, is uh, working more efficiently. So you need to be able to, you know, bring your body to a resting position in order to digest. And a lot of people are, um, especially in our culture, are running from one thing to the next. They might be vacuuming down their food. They're eating in the car. They're eating at their desk. And they're not even connecting to their food. And digestion really begins in the mind, just thinking about food. If you were looking through a magazine and you, like, you started to, like, ooh, this looks delicious, and uh, you're, you might notice that you're salivating. And that's when digestion begins. It's connecting to your food, smelling your food. So I tell people to take their time eating, calming their body down. Uh, sometimes I even have people do an eating meditation because they're so far gone from even understanding that, that they need, it, it forces them to sit and do an eating meditation and get into this groove of slowing down and chewing your food. So, so just the act of mastication, salivation and the mastication, mastication, which is chewing your food, that sends signals to your gut saying food's coming and it gets ready and it releases hydrochloric acid and you need acid and the pH of that acid to then release bile salts, which is what's needed to digest your fats, and it releases pancreatic enzymes, which is what is needed to digest your carbs. Um, and other, there's other things. I'm kind of simplifying it too, just so people understand. And um, when, when that happens and these, the food that you're eating is broken down, and that's assuming you're eating healthy foods, so, but is broken down and assimilated, it's providing the raw materials for your body to make the neurotransmitters that your brain ultimately will need. So it's providing the raw materials in your gut and you know, bringing it to your brain so your brain can make the serotonin and the dopamine and the norepinephrine um, that your brain needs in order to resolve those symptoms. So sometimes just by changing your habits of eating and, you know, making sure you're eating healthy foods to provide those raw materials, but then changing your habits. And I, I kind of call it like shops opening and shops closing. So whether you are eating three meals a day or five meals a day, if you re, you know, the gut likes really, uh, really likes rhythms. So if you're eating at, um, you know, at, regular times during the day, your gut knows when to open shop because it know, it's going to expect food. And that's why sometimes people miss a meal and they get this gurgling. And then if they eat a meal at a, you know, at a different time and they feel like there's this lump in their stomach, 
that means shops closed. You know? yeah. So, you know, you have to have shop open and then have shop closed and then shop open and then shop closed so that, and then, and then you have this gut motility that moves that food it empties your colon and your small, you know, your small, your large bowel and, um, and then makes room for the next meal. And so it's that rhythm that's really, really important. And having rhythms are really, really important. You know, it tells your body that the, your, your environment is safe. You know, just having rhythms tells your body that it's safe out there and it comes uh. You know, so there's a lot of, there's a lot of layers. So just by resolving digestion makes a big difference in people's mood. Yes. So, so there, you just said a lot there. So there's that people can be in this state of stress that allows them, that causes them not to digest their food, to make the neurotransmitters. And I, I know, sorry, there's my dog barking. <laughs> I know that also um, there can be other causes of inflammation, right? That might cause your gut not to produce the chemicals or how am I, what am I saying wrong there? Right. No, they, you know, you're absolutely right. There's, there's multiple causes of inflammation. So I use this acronym called SHIFT because what we're, what we're trying to do is shift your physiology. And the, the S stands for stress, which we just talked about a little bit. There is hormones uh, like adrenal or cortisol is a stress hormone, but there's other hormones that can play a part in terms of affecting your mood. Um, uh, and so it's looking at that balance and making sure that the hormones are in, in the proper balance. Um, infections, uh, uh, foods, so there's inflammatory foods and anti-inflammatory foods. So we want to shift away from inflammatory foods like processed foods in particular and sugar. Sugar is highly inflammatory. Um, and uh, you want to eat more foods that are anti-inflammatory like uh, vegetables, <laughs> okay. essentially, a lot of people do not have do not eat enough vegetables, a rainbow variety of vegetables. And um, so there's stress hormones, infections, foods and toxins. And we're kind of we're surrounded by toxins, but we also choose to put toxins in our body. And you know, alcohol, cigarettes, drugs, um, you know, and it's it's looking at moderation. And but we're also exposed uh, to a lot of toxins in our environment um, and, uh, by the things that we put on our bodies, like like makeup and and you know suntan lotion and you know there's all sorts of creams and you know uh, there's things that we have in our air and uh, and that we breathe. <laughs> so um, it's it's making sure that your body's able to eliminate those toxins, but also to limit your exposure to these things as well. Um, so the, the, the tough part that people, um, don't realize is that you can have, you know, most people are used to having an acute infection where you have a fever or you have these really bad symptoms and you know, oh, I'm really, really sick. And then you, it tends to resolve, but you can have a chronic infection and instead that can actually occupy your immune system and, and sort of, um, invest all of this energy in order to keep those infections, you know, in check. And if we can relieve the body 
um, from, from some of these infections, and that includes bacterial infections, uh, uh, viruses, parasites, um, and uh, fungal infections, including mold. And so it, it is looking for those things. And so I have a method of finding those things and uh, some testing that I do in order to determine if, if infections are part of that um, part of that spectrum in, in causes uh, amongst these other things that I talked about in the acronym SHIFT. Okay. So I'm curious because I know, you know, just with my family, with myself, with all of this, there's depression and there's anxiety and you can take an antidepressant, which may help or may not help because, or it might help a little bit. And there are things that we can do to change our diet, to change how we're eating so, so for example, if there's somebody and they're dealing with depression and anxiety and they're, they're not all the way getting relief through whatever that they're doing, with your program, I'm really curious about this because I've never heard about something like this. Will you guide them through what types of tests that they might need to be getting? Yes. Or is that, okay. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. And, um, yeah, the, in the program, I will be, are you talking about my online program that I'm going to be starting? Yeah. 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 In the program, I'm going to be, uh, walking everyone through putting their own timeline of what, what, what their causes are. Um, so it's starting from birth even, Mm -hmm. and just putting it all on a timeline to see where all the layers are, where they, where the, when the layers started and, and then, Together, you know, and this is a group program. So together, we'll be able to figure out what those causes are for that particular person, and um, and then a plan for each of those layers. Wow, that's great. And I um, just my own experience with this is I had a daughter who was severely depressed, and on you know an anemic and all these issues. And they put her on antidepressants, which didn't help so much. And we stumbled across functional medicine. Mm-hmm. And the doctor took her off gluten and then gave her some supplements and her depression went away. Mm-hmm. And it was the difference between having a child sobbing and a child smiling. And it made such a huge difference on her and on me. So I am so passionate about how these physical causes can really, you know, lead to distress and really wanting to help people with this. So I'm so glad you're doing this. Yeah. 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 Glutenism is a major root cause in in the food category. And, and, And it's not necessarily true for everyone, um, but there is a way to determine if it is for you in particular. So everybody's different and everyone has a different family history. I look at the family history to understand what a person's Achilles heels are uh, because, you know, the, the, the expression of illness is based on epigenetics. And so it's not necessarily genetic. It's, 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 an, it's more of how your body's responding to the environment. So there, just because something runs in the family doesn't mean that it's genetic. So if 
if a person in a family has a certain habit and because you grew up in that family, you're going to, you might have that same habit, you know, by changing the habit might actually have improved everyone's health in the family. And a lot of times when I see one person in a family and they, especially if it's a mom, Mm -hmm. because, you know, moms, you know, dads are also really involved in families, but it, it still tends to be the mom that makes things happen. I'm not putting dads down. No, no, I know. They Um, they determine a lot of the food often. Yeah, especially, well, and there's the networking piece too. They tend to be the, the, the central person who makes sure that all the, you know, everyone in the family um, is, is getting um, better in terms of food or stress or whatever it is um, that, you know, so when a mom comes with their child and they start something either for themselves or their child, it tends to affect and improve the whole family. And so it is, it is uh, something that can change because it's kind of hard to change a diet for one kid and then have a completely different meal for others. So they work it in <laughs> into the other kids as well and they get better as well. I could say that's the case for my my son who who was the reason why I started functional medicine. He had his own mental health crisis and uh, as a result my other two children found that when they my so my son who had the health crisis is gluten, dairy and soy free. And my other two children found that when they don't eat gluten, they can think better. They and my daughter actually doesn't eat gluten during exam periods <laughs> because yeah. she just the brain fog goes away. Uh, you know, so every everybody has to try it, try and see what it is for themselves. But it is a layer that I I always remove in the very beginning for a good number of months until we can find all the layers. And then I have them add that layer back in just to see how they react. Because you you can't just take it out and then, oh, it doesn't work, Um, you know, and they put it back in. You have to take it out and keep it out because it might be one layer, but you have to find all the other layers in order to in order for um, there uh, to be relief in the symptoms first. And then you might add it back in and to see what happens. And that way you could even sort out, well, okay, this is what gluten does to me when I put it back in. So it is removing all the layers first. And then, um, and so it, it is a commitment to making a change. And it's people who have been suffering for a while and they find that the antidepressants don't work or they're giving them side effects, or they've gone from one antidepressant to the next, to the next, to the next. It's this group of people that that would really, really benefit from functional medicine. Um, I do get patients who come to me who don't want to, to be on an antidepressant at all. They don't want to try it even. Um, uh, but ultimately, there's a whole group of people who just don't necessarily meet the criteria for a major depression and they don't honestly need an antidepressant because they aren't so sick that they can't function or they're suicidal or they're having hallucinations, you know? So there's, it's always looking at the benefits versus the risks of taking medication. I still give antidepressants to people who absolutely need it because they just can't function. But then I look at, once they're stable, then I look at the root causes so that ultimately sometimes they can come off the medication or they're on a lower dose of medication. Or, you know, sometimes people come to me and they are on five medications or three medications and I'm able to reduce at least 
some of the medications or discontinue them based on the work that they do with me. And th those I see, I see over and over and over again. And, and, but I do have quite a few people who come off a of medication altogether and it's easier to do it because what they realize is that the work that they've done with me in terms of changing foods, infections, removing infections, uh, removing toxins, you know, managing your stress, that those interventions is what got them better. Then they have the confidence to be able to come off the medication because it was clear. It's clear in three months, and it can take as little as three months, uh, that it wasn't the medication that made them better. And so I don't like to make changes in the medication until we've done that work, and then we have them come off the medication afterwards. Yeah. You know, and another thing that's very interesting is that I had it was explained to me is that once you've been depressed, you you're even biologically, you know, biologically, that's what caused your brain to um, be sad or whatever, however you want to say it. You're then going to learn thinking patterns, which you have to unlearn almost. Yes. You know, it, it's that was so interesting to me and which is you know, very true with, with working with people, you know, in coaching, you know, how are you thinking? And there are depressed ways to think. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And you know, what's, what's fascinating to me. So I've had people who were in psychotherapy uh, with uh, other therapists, not with me, and um, they would be working on some issues and, you know, traumatic issues that have nothing, not necessarily anything to do with their gut. Um, but, you know, tra trauma with big T or little T regardless, you know, in psychotherapy for uh, a number of years. And then once I, they work with me and I, you know, clear up their gut and, you know, bring it, bring their body back into homeostasis as much as possible, they start making connections in their therapy, like things that where they got stuck or bogged down and just you know, going over it and going over it and going over it in their, with their therapist. And then suddenly they're starting to make connections um, about things. So people's personalities have changed. I've had a couple patients who were really um, not very nice, <laughs> you know, in the very beginning. And then by, by the third visit with me, which is, I see people on a monthly basis, by the third visit, their personality has completely changed. And so definitely affects, you know, affects how you think about things, how you relate to people and how you process things. Um, a lot can change just from treating the gut and, and bringing that back to balance. Yes. So, yeah, to treat the brain, you have to treat the gut. <laughs> yeah, I, and that's I. That's what I want people to know is look yeah. at that. So, oh my gosh, there's so much I want to ask you about <laughs> hormones play into it, about parasites because I, we've discovered that people in my family have parasites and all of these things. But um, we don't have time to go into that now. Okay. My question would be. What kind of things, if, if people are sort of battling with depression and anxiety, maybe more of a lower level, not major depressive disorder, what kinds of things might be going on in their bodies physically, which would alert them that maybe their gut is off or that it's another system of their body that's not working well? Wow. I mean, that's, that's a tough question because you, you can have um, no gut symptoms at all. 
And, um, and I'm, a, I'm an example of that. I mean, I have Hashimoto's and which is stable, but I had a Hashimoto's crisis in 2003 and I could eat anything at all. But what my Achilles heel was skin. I had a lot of skin issues, um, severe eczema, um, and, um, probably constipation on the constipated side, but I wouldn't, I would have said that I had no gut symptoms at all. I mean, that was my perception of it. Mm -hmm. So, um, there, there is, um, in the book, uh, a questionnaire that I offer. It's called the multiple symptom questionnaire, um, that, uh, anyone can Google and it's just multiple symptoms, toxicity questionnaire, and by completing the questionnaire, you're, you can get a score, a toxicity score, and it's, mul it's symptoms uh, in the entire body um, that you would rate, and it gives you a score of, of mild, moderate, or severe toxicity. And I actually use that questionnaire to determine if we're moving in the in the right direction while we are while they are working with me it's what i use objectively to determine if the inflammation in the body is reducing and we're moving in the right direction the ultimate goal is to bring that score below 10 and um that's that's the goal so sometimes that score gets higher um in the initially because we're making a lot of changes. Um, but then it should, it should start coming down. And I also use that score to determine, uh, you know, what have we missed if that, if a person plateaus and it stays at the same score for a couple months, it's like, okay, we got to go back to the beginning and we've missed something because, you know, your, your, your assessment is, is, directly related to how much information you're given. So even though I collect tons of information from the patient through an intake and through my initial uh, session with them, there's always going to be some point where someone says, oh, I completely forgot that this happened. And that can make all the difference in the world. It's like, oh, Eureka, that's it. That's got to be it. And then, you know, you're able to move forward and make certain in interventions. And, you know, I can give you examples of that, um, but I don't know if we have time for that. No, go ahead. Just give us, give us a, a quick example because I'm sure. Curious. Okay. So I had a patient who came, her primary complaint was fatigue and um, she was iron deficient. She had hypothyroidism. Um, she ate processed, a lot of processed food. We, we treated her gut and she got significantly better. A lot of her symptoms went away, but she wasn't sleeping at night. And so because her focus was so much more on these other symptoms that were really, really bogging her down and not really being able to function, her focus were on those other things. And so, you know, she came in, she was feeling really good. And she said, you know, I'm, I, I'm still not sleeping well. And I said, well, what's going on? Well, she says, I have to get up and blow my nose um, in order to, and then I go back to sleep, but I don't want to have to get up to blow my nose. And so it's like, well, okay, well, what's going on with your nose? Like, what's going on? She'd never brought this up before, but now that everything's gotten cleared, she's able to focus on this now. And she goes, well, uh, you know, I've had this for 10 years. And uh, I said, well, when you blow your nose, what color is it? It's green. It's like, uh, that's not good. <laughs> that's not good. So right. we basically did a whole workup in terms of sin a chronic sinusitis, 
I, you know, I had, and we treated that, that became clear. Um, I, you know, I think part, part of it was her, her, um, she may have been exposed to something that, that was given to her by her dog. I'm not sure because the dog sleeps in her bed. Um, and I recommended that not be, you know, that she stopped doing that. But anyway, we cleared that and her sleep got significantly better. And when I look at her timeline, all of the symptoms that she started having that she initially came in started 10 years ago. So that was probably where it actually started. And it's hard to know for sure, but you know, when she says how, you know, when I say, how long have you had this? It's like, oh, 10 years. It's like, well, everything started 10 years ago. Yeah, so, that's funny. Yeah. And what I love that you're doing is actually, even as you're talking, you know, these are a lot of these things that you're talking about are things that gazillions of people, not to exaggerate, right. deal with, you know, fatigue, insomnia, constipation, skin issues like acne or eczema, Right. you know, like, so many of those things happen and we don't think of them as being chronic Symptoms. issues or stomach issues or exactly. Yeah. yeah. A lot of people don't under, don't know what normal is really. Yeah. You know, they live with symptoms for the longest time that they just think, Oh, that's, that's my normal. And, you know, like my son had severe eczema, very severe eczema to the point where he had like his hands looked like he was, like part reptilian, you know, <laughs> and, and he had severe constipation from the age of two as well um, for years. And we just got used to, you know, okay, you know, we got to wait for him to come out of the bathroom at restaurants, you know, or I tell him you like go to the bathroom. We yes for the bill <laughs> and we have to wait yeah. for him. And we just got used to that routine. It's like, well, that's him. That's his bowels and that's his system. But believe it or not, when we started removing those foods, the gluten, dairy and soy, his skin, that was the first thing that cleared up. His skin cleared up and his bowels got regulated just from doing that. So those were there for the longest time. And, you know, my, the, the, the doctors wanted to put him on laxatives and obviously we put tons of creams on his, on his skin. Oh yeah. Um, But you know, it's just, I didn't, I refused to give laxatives. I just didn't feel that that was right. We just got used to just waiting for him. And that was just, what we had to do. And, uh, but yeah, people live with symptoms all of the time and don't realize like PMS. Most women don't realize that PMS is not normal. (laughs) It is not normal to have PMS. And that's how I know. So when I, when I get that history um, from women about like how they had their first periods. And so if, if someone has PMS, from the get-go, I know the inflammation in their body came before that, you know, so it, it, yeah. it's, it helps to have all these symptoms in, in when they started and put it on a timeline. It's like, okay, I know for sure you had inflammation in your body before that because you had those symptoms. Right. And- oh, this is fascinating. <laughs> I, I just want to encourage people who are listening to this, if, you know, to really start to wonder if there's something you can do to make yourself healthier, that will ultimately make you happier. I mean, because that's really what we, we all want. Can you remind people where they can um, learn, remind about their book, your website, and where would they learn more about your program? Uh, well, um, my book is going to be launched on February 13th. It's called What If It's Not Depression? your guide to answers and solutions. 
Um, it is coming out in, on Kindle initially um, on February 13th, and then it'll be a print version um, in May. And then an audio, the audio uh, version will be, I think, three months later after that. Um, trying to think of, so just a lot of people don't realize that you, every smartphone has a Kindle app. So you can absolutely, I would recommend downloading that app. And then when uh, February 13th comes along, you can download um, my book and it, you'll, it'll be a, uh, you'll be able to get that for free for about five days, I believe. Cool. Um, and so uh, my website is Achina Stein, D-O, A-C-H-I-N-A-S-T-E-I-N-D-O.com. Uh, you can also find me uh, at Functional Mind. It's fxnmind.com, uh, fxnmind.com. That's my private practice. And the online health coaching program is brand new. Uh, it is The reason I started this is because there's just so many people that need uh, help with this. And most of what I do is really education. And so that's why it's a coaching program. And the beauty of this program is that it's a community of people that can come together to help each other and support each other. And I think it's off and I will be, you know, part and parcel of that whole program, not just modules to watch, but also online with you in doing, um, doing, uh, these, um, assessments uh, helping you to come to you know to determine what it is that you're experiencing so it's not a doctor patient relationship it's a client um coach relationship coach awesome thank you so much thank you for doing this work raising awareness all of you listeners thank you again for being here and until next time go out and remember that you do hold the power to change and transform absolutely Are you ready to discover your superpowers? Go now to superpowerexperts.com and take the superpower quiz today.